Good to be with you guys tonight. And um, here's a question. You remember when you get asked as a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like as a 10-year-old, that was a great question, wasn't it? Like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it, you could dream, right? Man, I, I want to fly jets. You know, I want to be, I want to fly jets, but I'm legally blind without my contacts. So guess what? No jet life for me, all right? You know, you want to be, I want to, I want to play for the Cubs or whatever. You get, and there's great things. And we all had dreams we had when we were a kid. For me, my dream from third grade on is I wanted to be a, a drummer in a band and tour the world and be a rock star. And like, that was it. Like from third grade on, and I pursued that dream all the way through college, right? And, and, and the crazy part is, is it's really exciting to be asked, what do you want to be when you grow up, when you're like 12? But when you're like 39, it's terrifying when someone asks you, or when you realize that you're 39 and, and you're still thinking to yourself, what do I want to do when I grow up? Like when you realize you're grown up and you still don't have a good answer to what you want to do when you grow up, that's scary, terrifying. I can remember my friend, uh, Penny, uh, she took uh, the spiritual DNA workshop that I'm going to tell you about tonight that, that I put together over the past 15 years because uh, it changed my life and I put a workshop together because I wanted to change yours. And Penny said she came through spiritual DNA a couple years ago. She was 47 years old and she said, I was 47 years old and I still didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. She said, I had a good job and I went to work every week. She actually worked for a Christian organization. She was doing good work, but she said there just felt like something was missing. Like, like it wasn't the thing I was supposed to do. It wasn't why I was on earth. Like I wasn't becoming who I was born to be, even though I had a job and stuff was working. And I think there's a lot of us that might be right there tonight. Like maybe life is working or maybe it's not or maybe you are 12 or maybe you're 39 or, or, or 59 and you just keep this sense, this feeling like, man, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. But here's what I know about all of this. Even if we don't know what we want to do when we grow up, for some reason, every single one of us wants to make a difference in the world. Like there's something in us as human beings that, that we, we're hardwired. It seems like we're hardwired to feel like that our life should be effective and instrumental in the world. And, and here's the crazy thing. The fact that we all feel that actually says something about how we're created. Like anybody got a dog or a cat at home, bird, a pet. Let's just go with pets, okay? When I just told you that there's something in you that makes you feel like you should be effective and instrumental in your life, all of you, even if you did not, I know your soul deep within you went, uh-huh. Well, let me show you something that's unique about you. I have a dog, his name is Theo. He's a, he's a mini golden doodle. He's just a little fuzzy teddy bear of a dog, all right? And let me tell you what Theo does every day of his life and will continue to do every day of his dog life. Here is Theo's day. He wakes up when I wake up. He runs downstairs and he does his first just life-altering awesome thing of the day. What does he do? He goes outside in peace, okay? 
Then Theo comes in, and the next thing on his doggy iPhone agenda is, oh, look, it's time to eat. And he gets excited. He runs in circles, and he goes, and he eats the same exact food he ate last night for, for dinner, and he eats every single meal. But man, does he love that food. He eats that food, and then the next agenda item for Theo is, ooh, goodness, I think I got to poop, right? And he goes out. And he poops in the backyard. And then he comes in and he lays down somewhere in our house and lays there for the rest of the day. He literally does that every day. And if you have a pet, they do the same thing every single day. And I guarantee you, not once in his three years of dogdom and for the rest of Theo's life, Will he ever, in between his, his eating, pooping, and sleeping on the sunroom couch, will he stop and think to himself, am I living this dog life the best way possible? Like, am I, am I an effective, instrumental part of the early wine family, right? He'll never think that. He'll just think squirrel, right? That's all, that's, that's all he'll do. But you... If you don't know why you're created and feel like you're making a difference in this world, I don't care if you're 12 or 92, something in your soul will say you're missing it. Why? What's different about you and me than my dog Theo? See, my friends, I think the difference between living an effective and instrumental life and living a useless and vain life is everything to do about identity. You see, Theo was created as a dog, and God did a great job creating dogs. Like, praise hallelujah for dogs. I love that God made dogs. But when God made you and me, the Bible says that he made us in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. You are an image bearer of the creator of the universe. Not only that, but when he brought us to life, it says that he actually breathed his ruach in the Hebrew, his spirit, his breath into our lungs and brought us to life as a human being. You, you sense that you're to do something great in this world because you were created as a human being to bear the image of God and join with God to actually create the future that's already on God's heart and on his mind. And until you find your unique role in partnering with God to do that, you will feel like your life is less or there could be more. See, for me, the issue... The issue was, I didn't trust God because I literally thought that God would screw my life up. Some of you think the same thing. You're here tonight begrudgingly because someone made you come and your thought is, I don't know if I want to get involved with this Jesus stuff because I don't trust God. Okay, here's how it broke down for me. I had a knowledge of God that was this as a child. God was mad at me because I had sin in my life. I needed to ask his forgiveness to keep him from being super mad at me and sending me to hell. And then I would do the good stuff that God wanted me to do. Try not to do anything super bad and then just wait and hopefully go to heaven. 
right? That, that's kind of my brain. Like, and, and if you look at just a snapshot of Christianity, a lot of people think that, oh, you're getting religious now. So basically you can't smoke, drink, hang around, go to you know, movies, and you're just going to sit around and try not to screw your life up too bad until you die, right? Like that's the God category. And then there's, then there's the me category. And as a kid, the me category was exciting because since I was in third grade, I could play the drums better than anybody that I knew. And, and, and I don't know what it was, but I just, there was something in me as a child that this is, I think I'm on earth to be on, on, on platforms and entertain people and, and, and just be, it was something deep in me. And I didn't think Jesus had anything to do with that because my dad was a pastor and I watched my dad's life. And I thought if you're a pastor, then that's the super, super Jesus-y stuff, right? And I watched my dad's life and, and, and the, so I had my dad and Jesus as a mentor and then I had MTV, Okay. And I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and so I was when like hair metal and stuff was really cool. So like I loved all of the hair metal bands, right? Glam rock bands, Poison, Motley Crue, like all that stuff. I loved it. And so Tommy Lee was one of my favorite drummers, right? He had the, the, the drum set that like spun and did like, and he played upside down. And, and so I was like, I want to be a rock star like Tommy Lee. And then there was my dad, and he was doing the God stuff. And what I could see is my dad, we had very little money and really crappy cars, okay? Two things that I noticed as a teenager, right? We have very little money and we have really kind of crappy cars. And evidently the rules were that my dad could only have one girl, which was his wife, my mom, okay? Then I looked at Tommy Lee's life and Tommy Lee seemed to have a lot of money and a bunch of really cool cars and evidently quite a few ladies, okay? So as a teenage boy, I was like, if I do the Jesus thing, it's boring, he's gonna screw up my life, and here's all this stuff that I feel like I really want to do. And I don't know how it plays out in your mind, but my guess is that sometimes you find yourself in the same tug of war. But what I wanna share with you tonight was a moment that it all came together for me when I began to realize that the seeds in the essence of what I felt over here was my soul speaking out to me, drawing me in to become who I was born to be. And when I began to understand that I don't just have a physical DNA, but that God has actually created a unique spiritual DNA in me and in you. And when I can begin to step into and live inside of that DNA, every single day of my life, I'm growing up to become more of who I was actually born to be. And now I know that there's no better place and no better person to trust with every second and every adventure and every momentum and every day of my life than Jesus Christ. But if you don't know your unique spiritual DNA, you might waste your life. And here's the crazy part. We only get one of them. So here's the, here's the scripture that, 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 that set me on my head. It's in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And I read this, and, 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 it, and it blew my mind. It says, Jesus has the power of God by which he's given us everything we need to live and serve God. We have these things because we know him. Jesus called us by his glory and goodness. Through these 
<clears throat> Through these, he gave us the very great and precious promises. With these gifts, you can share in God's nature and the world will not ruin you with its evil desires. Let's go back to the first verse. Jesus has the power of God. That's very good. Very positive, right? Jesus has the power of God. And by this power, he has given us, given us, meaning if he gave it to you, you already possess it. It's been given to me. I have it. He has given us everything we need to live and to serve God. And I began to think about the scripture and I was like, God, he, let's see, he's just saying that Jesus has the power of God and he's given me everything I need to live. Okay, is there any kind of physical parallel that, that, can make, that I can make sense of in this? And I'm not very bright, okay? I want you to know I can do about two things positive in life. That's, I, I talk, that's about all I do. Math, struggle bus and a half, okay? Failed it twice in college, just trying to watch me make it put, like to tip someone, like today went out to breakfast and I had to add eight and nine and I almost had a brain aneurysm just trying to add eight and nine today at the breakfast place. I'm like, there's the eight. I know that eight plus eight, that's 16. So I guess there's one, but then there's a nine. And I don't, like that's how stupid I am when it comes to math, okay? So whatever your weakness is, just know if you can add eight and nine quickly, listen, I'm all day for you. Okay. So anyway, I began to think about this. And even though I'm not very bright, I thought, you know what, that I, I think I remember in science, they teaching about physical DNA. See, I think I remember that, that there's 46 chromosomes that you have 23 that you get from your mom and 23 from your dad right? The moment you're conceived and you come become a living being, you are 46 chromosomes, every single one of us. Every single microscopic cell in your body has DNA in it, physical DNA. And within it is all the raw information to make everything. Like the DNA is the same for everything. It's in every cell. It just codes differently the way it puts together. But you are 46 physical chromosomes. The reason you look the way you do, talk the way you do, color of your hair, everything that's you is you're half your mom and you're half your dad. You are are 46 physical chromosomes, but you're so much more than that. Here's the deal. The moment you came to life and you were conceived, in that instant, you have had and still possess everything you need to live. You have it. Like, has anyone had to go get a DNA booster shot? Any booster shots for DNA? No. It is in you. And what happens is that DNA physically came to life. You were born and every day you just become more of what you already are. So this piece of, this is, this piece of scripture here is saying that, that possibly because Jesus has the power of God, that through our knowledge and relationship with him, that he has already given you and me everything we need to live and to serve God. We, and we get into that by actually believing that, walking in his great and precious promises, and with them, we actually share in his nature. So my friends, consider this. Look how uniquely God has created us physically around the room. Right? Could it be, at least consider the possibility that this passage of scripture is saying that you have a spiritual DNA 
that is as rich and, and, and as unique as your physical DNA. And that currently, if you are in a relationship with Jesus and by the power of God, he has brought you to life by his spirit and you're currently participating in the divine nature that you could currently right now already possess everything you need to live and to serve God, to actually fulfill the unique gift, the unique mission, the unique calling he's placed on your life. You don't have to go out and get it. You don't have to go somewhere and find it. It's in you. It's just a process of you discovering it and then walking into it. If that's true, it's, that's a game changer, right? And for the past like 15 years of life, I have just tried to pour over understanding what might actually be possessed within a cell of spiritual DNA. And I think I, I, I've discovered a few things that I want to share with you real quick. And if you can discover them and you begin to allow your DNA to be what shapes and guides your decisions in life, I promise you, life starts getting a lot more exciting because you are on this earth on purpose and for a purpose. And I can tell you because I actually feel like I'm living in it right now that like, I don't know all the turns and, 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 and avenues of what I'm gonna do when I grow up. But one thing I really do know now is I know absolutely who I am as I'm growing up. And then the adventure just gets to be really exciting. All right. Let me dive into what might be within your spiritual DNA, okay? I'm going to throw some Hebrew words at you just because I wanted to sound smart, and I'm not, uh, and, 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 and it works, and it's in the Bible. So check out this cell of, of, of DNA. It's not really a cell of DNA because, let's be honest, it's invisible, and we can't actually see it. But if we could see it and break down a, a singular cell of spiritual DNA that's in you that gives you everything you need to live and to serve God. It might look like this. And at the very core essence of the middle of the nucleus of that cell is your spirit, or in the Hebrew, the word ruach. And for your spiritual DNA tonight to get activated, you actually have to be reborn. You actually have to be conceived. Okay, remember when I told you that the reason you're sitting here tonight is because there were 23 chromosomes from mom, 23 from dad. You were conceived, you came, you came to life, you were born, okay? You came to life. To be alive spiritually, you actually have to be reborn and begin to participate in the divine nature, which is what we already read. Jesus says this exact thing to a guy named Nicodemus in John chapter three. Nicodemus is a prominent leader and he comes to Jesus and he says, Rabbi, we all know that you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God pointing, God revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. And Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? And Jesus said, you're not listening. 
Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can touch, you can look at and touch, but the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes, becomes a living spirit. Meaning prior to that, they were a dead spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone. Everyone born from above by the wind of God, the spirit of God. To activate your spiritual DNA, you have to be reborn. That process is very simple. It's by grace which means it's a free gift, which means all you have to do is actually ask God to do it. You say, God, if there's anything that's gotten between us, like sin or things that have, that have separated us, I would like you to forgive those things and I would like you to bring me to life and teach me how to live the life you created me to live. And it's not a magic trick and it's not superstition, but what actually happens is that, I want you to know this, you are a spiritual being before you're a physical one. So to live the life you were created to live, you have to live it fully as a full human being, spirit and flesh. So your parents did a good job creating you physically, but if you've never been recreated spiritually, today's a day to start because guess what? You have been living your life as a half of a human being. So I would say today would be a great day to begin living as a whole human being, right? So you come to life. God brings your spirit to life. And then here's the cool part. You don't just come to life and wait to die so you can go to heaven, right? Which is a really terrible theology that a lot of Christians believe. Just hunker down, turn the TV off, don't go to movies, just buy Christian food, listen to Christian bands, go to Christian school, just, just circle the wagons, try not to screw up and pray that Jesus comes tomorrow, okay? Because what Jesus said is he actually said, no, here's the deal. You're the salt, the light of the earth. You're my ambassadors as if I were making my appeal through your life. So you go out with me and become who you were born to be. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to create, we're going to actually bring God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So there's this amazing adventure and mission that you have been uniquely created to live once you're actually alive in Christ. This next level of our, of our cell of DNA, we're going to call it neshama. I think there's my cell. Neshama means soul. It's the part of you that is most connected back to the spirit of God. And it must be begin to actually function as it was created to. And, and the, some of the spiritual DNA, what I'm talking about, I put a workshop together that I want you guys to take. Okay. We're going to take it all together. Whoever wants to take it, it's going to launch on October 1st. I'll tell you more about it later. But within it, you take some assessments to find out your uniqueness. And within your neshama is a couple things. One, it's your spiritual pathways. Okay? God has created your spirit to connect to his spirit uniquely. Above, like You're not the same as me and I'm not the same as you. This totally makes sense in the physical realm. Okay, It would be foolish for, for you to go to someone else's house. Like If you're married, you know how to connect with your spouse. 
You know how to communicate to them. You know what they like. You know what dates they like. You know what movies they like. You know what music they like. You know what food they like. You know how you guys connect together intimately. It would be foolish for you to think that everyone is the same connection, correct? Even within your friends, you know that that there's different friends that you connect with relationally in different ways. If we're that unique physically, wouldn't it make sense that maybe God would create us uniquely spiritually to actually connect with him? However, one of the struggles I have is a lot of times in church circles, in the church culture, it's, it's more of a standardized approach where it's a one-size-fits-all kind of deal. Where a lot of times, if you're going to really connect with God, you have to like love to read the Bible for hours, journal, and like get in a prayer closet by yourself and pray. Right. Basically, what we think and I think what the world thinks is if you're going to really connect with God, you have to become a monk or a nun. Like, wouldn't you say that would we all say that we think monks and nuns look like they're probably killing it on the spiritual realm? Okay. But if you're not into monkdom or nundom, you're like, I want nundum of that. Okay. Ryan Allworth helps me co-host Radio Theology. His spiritual pathway, he's a naturalist and an aesthetic. So for him, when he is outdoors communicating and connecting with God, he feels a hundred times more connected to God. We went through spiritual DNA together and I was coaching him through the course. And I said, Ryan, when I look at your spiritual pathways, I have to ask this question. Do you ever go on walks by yourself and talk to God? Like outside. And he said, no, I... I don't think I ever do. I said, based on your results here, I, I would say give it a shot. This week, Ryan came to me and he said, Darren, it was so cool. He was like, there's this prayer walk nature trail over by Holy Spirit at Geist Catholic Church. And he went back and just went on this walk in nature. And his spirit was connecting with God so powerfully. It was an amazing moment for him. But if, if, if Ryan didn't know that that's how God had created him, he could be sitting alone lighting candles in a closet somewhere going, man, God, I just don't feel it, right? And if you don't know, you might be missing out on that. You also discover Ian Neshama, right? Your five-fold ministry function. We talked about this in the Born to Be series a couple weeks ago. If you haven't, you can, it's a part of spiritual DNA. You, you take a survey and fivefold, uh, fivefoldsurvey.com is where you can take the survey. And I teach you through understanding that I believe every single person fits into one of five archetypes. You're either an apostle or a prophet, an evangelist, a shepherd, or a teacher. God has created you uniquely to fulfill one of those five roles on earth. And, and it is not just about church work. It's actually the, the impact you make on the world. For me, is I'm an apostle evangelist. But for a long time in my life, I thought the only way I could serve God was by being a pastor and being nice and loving and knowing everybody's name. And because if you're a pastor or a shepherd, you love to shepherd people and you, you, you're kind and gentle and, and you love harmony and you're very empathetic and, and all of these things. And I'm none of the above. So for many years, being Pastor Darren at a church, one singular church taking care of a group of people began to suck the life out of my soul because all I kept wanting to do was quit my job and go start new stuff. And I always felt guilty like I was being wrong to God or something. God, why is it that I always want to start something new? Why is it that that I have this entrepreneurial spirit? Why is it that I always want to go find people that don't know you? And if I'm around a bunch of Christians too long, I get weird. Well, then I discovered because Darren, I put you on planet earth 
to be an apostolic evangelist. So just go start doing that stuff. And when you start running in your lane and allowing your spiritual DNA to come alive and become who you were born to be, God starts doing wacky stuff. Like, it makes no sense that tomorrow when I'm preaching here, I'll also be on the radio talking to about 60,000 people and telling them that Jesus loves them. Bonkers. It's bonkers. But that's what God wants to do when you begin walking into who you are. Also, your spiritual gifts are part of your neshama. You've got to figure that stuff out because if you don't know, you don't know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you can't become who you were born to be. Lastly, okay, is the outside rung, the, your nefesh. It's yourself. It's more of your flesh. Out there, you need to discover your personality. Every single one of us has a unique personality. If you take spiritual DNA, you find out what we call your Myers-Briggs personality assessment, right? You're either an extrovert, an introvert. You're, a, you're an intuitive. You're a sensor. You're a thinker or a feeler. You're a judge or perceiver. You need to know that because it actually, like when Jesus says that we need to love our neighbor as we love ourself, it is actually helpful to know who we are and how we love so that we're equipped to love others the way that they need to be loved. So if you don't know how that comes together, it'd be good to figure that out because it's amazing to see how God will bring somebody that is, that is extroverted in with a, with, a, with, a, with a spiritual pathway like caregiver or, or aesthetic or, or, and somebody who's very introverted. He actually gives you spiritual pathways. If you like to be alone and you're energized by that, a lot of times you'll see somebody with a spiritual pathway of contemplative where they actually find energy and strength from being alone by themselves and alone with God. And oftentimes their fivefold ministry function is a prophet because God would make somebody's personality and their spiritual pathways actually be the thing that fills them up to fulfill their role on earth. And when you begin to know that about yourself, things start getting exciting. So you have your personality. You also have your strengths. Within spiritual DNA, you discover your strengths from the Gallup Strength Finders. You've never done that? It's really crazy. You answer a bunch of questions and they give you five things that you do better than 34 million other people. And what's freaky is as you read the descriptions of your strengths, you think the FBI has been following you around and, 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 and they know what you do. Because you read it, you're like, I do this all of the time. This is freaky. Okay? My five strengths. Number one, Communication, surprise, surprise, surprise. Second one is one called woo, stands for winning others over. It means that I meet you and I win you over into what I'm doing and the things I'm about and it's exciting and then guess what I do? I leave you and go win others over, okay? I also have a strength in belief. I have a strength in uh, 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 strategic, I'm very strategic in my thinking. Um, there's a fifth one too, I can't remember, right? And those strengths, the crazy part, and I'll teach you about this in spiritual DNA if you take it, is have actually been hardwired in your brain since right around the 16th day of your existence. When your brain began communicating and creating synoptic connections between the hemispheres of your brain. It's fascinating. When you read scriptures like you were knit together in your mother's womb, right? That's not just some fun stuff that sounds poetic in the Bible. It's the fact that God has hardwired your brain to be extraordinary at certain things and not that great at others. And here's the thing I've seen after taking 2,000 people through spiritual DNA. All of the time, people's strengths are custom made to help them actually fulfill their mission. 
A guy named Andy Spencer went to Spiritual DNA a couple years ago. Andy was a very successful businessman selling group insurance. He was an apostolic evangelist, had lots of gifts in communication and sales and whatever, and he took those and built a great career for himself. Then he took spiritual DNA and he came up to me afterwards and he said, Darren, here's what I'm thinking. I think maybe that, that God didn't put me on earth to sell group insurance. And I said, Andy, I think you might be right. And then Andy, one of the other things you discover as you go through your nefesh is you, you, you discover your passions. And that's the where you serve because there's certain things that you care about a bunch that I don't care that much about. And that's okay because you're living your mission, not mine. And Andy said, you know what? I said, what are you really passionate about, Andy? He said, I'm passionate about tailgating. I'm, I'm in for a good tailgate. Wouldn't think maybe tailgating and Jesus go together. Fortunately for Andy, he was hanging out with me and I started pub theology, which is about faith, hope, love, and beer, which doesn't make much sense either. So Andy said, what if, because he's an apostolic evangelist, right? So God put him on earth to start new things to reach people that don't know Jesus. And he was passionate about tailgating. His career was great salesman because God put him on earth to be, see how his DNA is working? And he said, what if we started doing tailgate theology before Colts games? We got down at a place downtown and I would give people a thought of the day. We'd love on people and tell them about Jesus. I said, Andy, I like it. Why don't you give it a shot? And he started a ministry using his gifts and abilities to make a difference in the world. That's what you discover out there in your nefesh, yourself strengths, your passions, your personality. This is what you do in spiritual DNA. And if you think I'm trying to sell you on it, I am, okay? Because it came from a 15-year journey of me trying to figure out what do I want to do when I grow up? Why am I on earth? So after three years, we finally have it done as an online course that you can take. It does cost money. We've got to pay for the internet and for the programming and all the junk we've had to figure out to make this thing happen. Here's how it works. You can sign up at spiritualdna.me and you can put in the, the code mercy at the checkout. You get $50 off the course. Here's how it's going to work. It's going to be open. Registration is open for the next two weeks. Then it'll shut down and we will start together. Everyone that's taken the fall semester of spiritual DNA will we'll start on the week of October 1st. And every week you'll be emailed a link where you can watch videos of me teaching deeper about this and you take an assessment for that week. Then every week for the entirety of the course, I will be doing a 90 minute Facebook Live coaching over the results. We've never been able to do this before. So I will personally coach you for 90 minutes every single week to help you figure out how you apply these results to your life. There will also be a private Facebook group where you can go on anytime you want, ask questions and interact with each other. Okay, so think about it. For this weekend, the, the code Mercy gets you $50 off. Think about taking spiritual DNA and discover who you were born to be. If you're going through Rooted right now, it's the class that Mercy Road has, stay in Rooted and get Rooted and figure all that out. And guess what? We're gonna launch another spiritual DNA class in the spring. Catch us in the spring if you want. Stay in Rooted, get Rooted, and then take that next level of understanding who God created you to be.